My name is Jonathan Huffnagel. I'm the founder of Dash. We created the Dash podcast to hear from the game day digital auctioneers from around the world of sports. We'll share their ideas, best practices, and success stories so that you can learn from the best and apply their practices to your sports team. For those of you who may not know, Dash is the only digital auction platform built specifically for professional sports teams and their fans. I started Dash after working for FC Dallas at Major League Soccer and noting the struggles of our team's charitable foundation director. We hope you take a lot from this podcast. Everyone, welcome back to another Dash podcast. Today I have Justin Strickland with me. He's the Vice President of Operations at the Huntsville Havoc. And the Huntsville Havoc has actually just won the SPHL Championship um, for this past season. Justin, welcome to the show. Congrats on the on the championship, my friend. Thanks, Jonathan. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, happy to talk about the Havoc and our championship and all our success and... Uh, uh, I guess the role Dash plays in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you guys have done a lot of amazing things, and everyone listening to this will certainly have a lot to take away. Um, and as always, for those listening, we like to keep this between ten to fifteen minutes, where we're going to share ideas, success stories, and best practices. Uh, but first question, as always, for everyone that joins us, Justin, tell us a little bit about who you are. Tell us about your sports career and uh, just a little bit of your day to day. That way, we can kind of get a sense of uh, what goes on in your world in Huntsville. Um, yeah, so I guess, uh, personal background, um, I'm, I'm a video guy, uh, that's how I got started in this, you know, I've loved sports my whole life, um, started, uh, interning with my local college who, uh, has a D1 hockey program and that kind of got me in the hockey world and then I, uh, moved over here to the Huntsville Havoc as the, uh, director of multimedia, doing video and social media and graphic design pretty much anything you can see on a screen, uh, a lot of a lot of game day uh, activity type stuff. Um, and yeah, I was the director of uh, multimedia for three years, and, and now I'm moving up here to, to vice president of operations. And yeah, that's pretty much uh, how I got to this point. Right on. How long have you been with the, the Havoc? Uh, I just finished my third season. Awesome. And we have uh, we have broken the SPHL attendance record every single season. That's amazing. And so you were just telling me a story of how you sold out your championship game on Facebook. Is that correct? Yeah, we didn't we we didn't put a dollar anywhere else. Um, yeah, just a little uh, six second video there, and uh, yeah, uh, Facebook. Like I said, it's probably our our bread and butter. Um, we put most of our money there. We we know people are. We know our, our fans are there at least, and you know, with all our insights from Facebook, uh, we we actually you know get a good idea of who our fan is, and we we know that profile, who that person is, and and we really just talk to them almost exclusively and put all almost all our money there, and and that's uh, that's been a, a real key to our success. Now, did you guys run a couple different campaigns when you did that, or was it one single campaign? How did you target fans? That was one single campaign, and we just used our our, uh, our normal uh, fan profile that we've been targeting all season, and uh, we just uh, we we, we kind of subscribed to the um, oh, I forget what it's called uh, Steve Delay and those guys. Uh, pioneered it uh, kind of putting 
putting all your your eggs in your your sellout games and uh, spending all your money there. So we we did what we would call a a sellout spend, and yeah, we did we did it all there. We packed the house and broke all kinds of food and beverage. Uh, our food and beverage sales records. So it was a uh, it was a good night. Everybody was there for the championship, but uh, we we reached them all solely on Facebook. That's awesome. So you know, there's when it, when it comes to digital engagement, there's kind of two things. There's more than two things that go on, but maybe we could focus on two real quick. One is in in between games. How are the Huntsville Havoc um, engaging those fans when games aren't going on? And then if you could shed some light. And we could certainly go down this road pretty deep. How are you engaging fans in a digital world when they walk into your arena as well? So, obviously, uh, everybody's on mobile. I think they say every, what, uh, six minutes, 150 times a day, people are looking. So, I mean, that's obviously where we, we, we put all our content um, in, I mean, we, you know, in games, we're sending them trivia questions. We're, asking, we're really just, just engaging. Um, anything they can answer or talk about or do uh, mobily, they, uh, I guess that would be, I don't know. I'm screwed yeah, up here. You guys, are, <laughs> you guys are keeping things pretty simple there. It's not like you're trying to reinvent the wheel. You're keeping these right. simple trivia questions. You know, I see a lot of these, you know, predict the score of the game, which, you know, it, it doesn't, these aren't ingenious ideas, but they're ideas that they, they work, right? And they're tried yeah. and true for a long time. And you're just bringing it into a digital world and it's finding, you guys are finding a lot of success with this. Yeah, I'd say gamifying everything is, has been successful for us. Uh, just any kind of contest or any kind of input they can, the fans can give and uh, feel like they were a part of some kind of decision making or just a part of the the game in general. And I, I think it, like one of our one of my main things I got here was you know I wanted to make to really spotlight the players in a in a league with so much turnover. You know, everybody said you can't really spotlight these guys. Uh, they, you know, they won't probably won't even be here next year. But we every year try to find those personalities and really sell those players. And when it comes to contests and and uh, you know auctioning jerseys and pucks, you can really see that work you put in picking that player's personality out. And I mean. Like, you know, we got this kid, Tyler Piacentini, who will, you know, hopefully be back with us next year. But uh, he's easily the smallest guy in the league. Uh, I think he's about 5'5", five, five, not not sure on his weight, but tiny guy, but he just flies with the puck. And, I mean, you can hear the crowd when he touches the puck, how much they love him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we saw that early on, and we really try to sell that. And so when you're, you know, auctioning off his puck or his, his jersey or whatever, it just kind of blows your mind at how much – they really love this guy. So we yeah. really try to sell the different players' personalities. Um, they're really, you know, at this level, they're really accessible. So I think that's that's really important when it comes to, you know, putting out trivia questions or who's going to score first. Everybody wants to go in and pick their guy or, you know, their their favorite guys. You know, they they feel really close to him. Uh-huh. And when, when, when fans are in the building, do you guys have particular marketing initiatives towards um an older generation or is it the same 
for the younger generation too? Are you doing two different things or is it just one broad marketing digital I'd, push? I'd say we do it uh, two separate ways because, you, you know, you always got to you always got to be concerned with the next generation. I think with our disappearing media and Snapchat and Instagram stories is where we, we focus a lot of our attention to younger to younger people. But mostly, I'd say, you know, most of our advertising and marketing goes towards uh, middle-aged women with uh, families. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are the decision makers, at least here in Huntsville, uh, they're the decision makers and they love these hockey players like they're their own children and they, uh, they, they're the ones coming to the games, you know, you know, spending the bucks They're right. They are, they're our number one target. Right. Right. And so when you guys plan for the next five years for fan engagement, what are the things that you guys are going to be focused most on, um, to stay ahead of the curve? What trends do you uh, see coming? I mean, that's, that's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, it, it, change, it changes so fast, but um, there's definitely something in the disappearing media. I don't know what. I'm sure AR is going to become important fairly soon. Um, I would say augmented reality is probably the future future down the road in, uh-huh. in advertising and sports marketing. I'm sure uh, everybody will be wearing some sort of device and uh and you'll be able to, yeah. to market it, it to them seemed, yeah it seemed like you know six seven eight months ago you'd see these um stories on sporttechie.com for instance where coca-cola had created an augmented reality um where if you scan the coca-cola cup at the concession stand you get this really cool little message um right. and there's been a couple others where you know, you're at an NFL game, you buy the program, you scan the cover, and you get another nice little story. Um, but those are kind of like fleeting moments, right? When it comes to right. AR, um, how, can, how do you see that kind of playing into the game day experience for fans? When, when I think about AR, you know, I walk into these venues and I'm like, okay, where's the nearest concession stand? Where's the merch store? Right. I want to know where that is. Do you see AR being more in a game day activation to help people find their way around the arenas or help people find the merch store or concession so that they can spend some dollars? Or do you see it more as a fan engagement tool where, you know, something may be popped up on the ice during intermission where fans are engaging with that? Um, while the I, ice I mean, I see all, all the above, really. I mean, I think it's informative, uh, engagement, all, all of it, I think, uh, Games, obviously, interactive maps, uh, arrows leading you where you need to go. I mean, even in Chuck a Puck, you could have digital targets on the ice. Mm-hmm. It's just all kinds of all kinds of things. Yeah, I'm excited about that as well. So, you guys had a ton of success on Dash this year. Um, you guys set history with Dash as well. You guys were the first team to put Dash inside of your mobile app. Um, can you speak a little bit about that? Tell us about, you know, that decision to do it, why you did it, um, maybe the before results and the after results and, and some of the things that have come through all that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like I said earlier, the, the app is where, where we like to gamify things and really engage people. So, so putting, uh, you know, putting any stream of revenue on there is, is a big win for us. Cause I think we, you know, in our first couple of years, we have, somewhere around, t- you know, 10,000 subscribers and 
pretty active community on there. Uh, you know, I'd say 80% of those uh, downloads actually use it at least once a week. So wow. I think that's some uh, some really good engagement there. So yeah. anytime we can we can put another stream of revenue there, a uh, place where it's easy to notify and t- speak directly to two fans that are interested. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a win every time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let me ask you this, because I'm full of questions today. We've got a lot of people who are listening to the podcast who they haven't quite gone all in on digital auctions. They may still be doing pen and paper, table chairs on the concourse, or even a live auction that happens after the game. For those teams out there and those decision makers within those organizations who are thinking about going digital, are there one or two check boxes that they need to check or things that they need to keep in mind as they kind of walk down this new path in introducing fans to a digital auction? Sure. Um, I mean, For you guys, you know, one thing I thought that was awesome was the consistency where every week you guys were posting these goal pucks um, and having them autographed and putting them inside your mobile app. And shoot, every Monday and every Tuesday, whichever day that it would kick off, you know, instantly those pucks would have four or five bids on them. Um, in my opinion, you know, I think consistency is, and we've gotten this a lot, is, is huge for a lot of teams. Um, did you guys see any pushback from fans at the beginning and how did you guys kind of overcome that or did it not even exist at all? Well, the the pucks, you know, I think the original plan was to get that traditional like in arena, Hey guys, go, go here and bid on that puck that was just scored. But, you know, we have a smaller staff and during the game, we got a lot going on. So, you know, we, we started putting them up on, on Mondays and, you know, running them for, you know, five days a week. And like you said, that uh, that repetition, that gave fans something to look forward to. It's, uh, it's content on social. Um, really just, you know, fans, they know when a goal is scored, they're like, oh, man, now I get a chance next mm-hmm. week to go, to go get that actual puck. So it was, uh, um, yeah, it was really good. We were really surprised by the, numbers and demand early on for those pucks but there there clearly was a demand i mean it's a one dollar puck maybe at tossed uh and you know you got you got them had one that went for just under 200 bucks and how much effort does it take to to create a puck auction like that uh not a lot at all and we um you know, when we auction off jerseys and big ticket items like that, we we really, you know, we get those reminders out there and do that. But the pucks became so repetitive, it was kind of a set it and forget it thing. I mean, we just, we put them up and, and you know, we'll, we'd see a lot of a lot of familiar names bidding on these things. So you, you could definitely tell there were collectors involved and uh, in bidding because you'd see a lot of the same names. And you'd always see some new people on there, but you'd see some of the same people buying pucks and you could tell that they were just working at that collection and just kind of trying to create their own bit of havoc history for themselves. Right. Are these collectors um, that may live in Huntsville or are you finding people that are kind of all across the country? Yeah, we, we get, it, it's 
mostly around the area, um, but you do have those puck collectors um, that are that are looking for stuff like that. You will get some outside, uh, outside, but it's mostly around the area. But uh, but yeah, we definitely saw some from around the country. It's fantastic. Well, Justin, thank you for your time today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Congrats again on the championship. Um, for those who maybe tuned in a little late, uh, we're speaking with the Vice President of Operations at the Huntsville Havoc, the 2017-2018 SPHL champions for the season. Justin, thank you so much. We will talk to you very soon, sir. No problem. Thanks for having me, John. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. You're welcome. Thank you. Dash fans, again, and as always, thank you for listening to another Dash podcast. We hope you've taken some good notes and look forward to seeing them in your auction playbook this season. If you're thinking about taking your team's auctions digital and want to talk about it, you can get a hold of us at email team at dashapp.io. Until next time, Dash fans, don't forget, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Now go out there and make it a great day. Ooh.